Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, mindset and confidence coach for fabulous women just like you. I'm here to help you attract in more of what you desire in life and business, more wealth, more joy, success, confidence, soulmate clients, and all the abundance you can imagine. This podcast is all about your evolution, your evolution to becoming the woman that has all she desires. This is where you become untethered from the fears and the doubts and the limiting beliefs holding you back right now, and instead embodying the mindset, beliefs, thoughts, and actions that will bring you to your next level goals, dreams, and success. If you're ready to step into your next level confidence and fearlessly create the life and business of your dreams, then you're exactly where you're meant to be. This is where you get your weekly dose of paradigm and mindset shifting insights that will help you change the way you see yourself and all you're capable of manifesting in your life and business. So if you're ready to get started, let's begin. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. Today, I am welcoming Nicole Kepik. She's a conversion copywriter for coaches and creatives. And we had the pleasure of meeting, gosh, I think it was five years ago now, I think. Yeah, In, I, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went fast. We met five years ago, randomly at a event in Toronto. Um, I was there for a conference. And ever since then, we have become friends. And she's written copy for me. And she's absolutely amazing. So I'm so excited about our conversation today. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Because like you said, we've known each other for a while. And we chat all the time. So this is taking it to another level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is funny how we met. I don't know if you want me to touch on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because I remember, um, I'm not sure where you were in your business, but at the time I was still working nine to five. So I was working for an agency in the Toronto area. And then I was part of um, Anya Runyon's, um, oh, what was her group called? Um, it was all about leaving the nine to five and starting your own business. Corporate rescue plan. Yes. Yes. So I was part of that and, you know, I was still doing my nine to five and having, you know, I had a side hustle, um, you know, copywriting for my own clients. And I was starting to think of like, hmm, maybe I could take, you know, my business more than just a side hustle, but it was still like very early on thinking. And so I heard about this meetup in Toronto um, after the conference that you guys were going to be at. So I didn't go to the conference, but I was going to meet you guys afterwards. And I didn't even know you at this point. I just knew that there was a meetup. So this was the first one I'd ever been to. And I was excited for it. Probably a bit nervous too, being that I'm an introvert. Like this was in person. So I finished my nine to five day. And then, you know, I was kind of tired. Like, oh, I just kind of feel like going home and going, like changing into my pajamas, to be <laughs> honest. But then I had to head the opposite way into Toronto. And the, the traffic was crazy. And it was like pouring rain. And then as I was getting off the highway, I accidentally rear-ended somebody like just so lightly, like it almost didn't happen, but it was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like I should have just stayed home. So I, yeah, I rear-ended this guy very lightly, but it happened. And then it made me late, which is like, I hate being late for things. So all these things are happening, telling me like, oh, just turn around and go home. Just, this is not worth it. But <laughs> I did end up going. And I remember like kind of being shy walking in because I saw like everybody was already there sitting around tables. And then I can't remember if I sat beside you right away. I think it was later in the night we sat beside each other and just started chatting. And I loved hearing about your story, how you had moved from New York to Texas. And, and we were just chatting and I just like got such a great vibe from you. And like you were my first business friend I ever made. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so nervous too. I'm such an introvert too. I was so out of my element at that conference. Like I was sit by myself or I sit near, near Anna and I would just, I just was, it was, there was so many people there. And then to do the meetup, I mean, we were there and she was there, but it was uh, intimidating. But that was the first night when I talked to you, I'm like, I didn't know anything about hiring copywriters. And I'm like, I want her to write my copy. 
Like I knew, like you were the only copywriter I knew. And I was like, I want her to write my copy. I feel like she's going to write my copy one day. And you did. (laughs) I didn't know that. And the funny, I didn't know you felt that way. Um, But the funny thing is I, I still remember talking to you and telling you, you know, I'm into nine to five in the nine to five. And I'm thinking about asking my boss to switch from five days to three, not even leaving my boss, my job, just like scaling it down a tiny bit, which seemed so scary at the time. And I remember saying, you know, but I don't know if they're going to go for it. And I'm nervous about asking. And you were like, but what's the worst that could happen? You know, they say no. And then maybe that's your sign. You need to look for something else. Like you had such a, like, what's the worst that could happen mentality. And I thought, yeah, that's true. And so eventually I did ask to move to three days a week, which I mean, was such a baby step now that I think of it. I mean, (laughs) I should have left my nine to five years ago, but I didn't. That's a whole other story. (laughs) But yeah, I went from the five days a week to the three days a week. And then, you know, it just got so busy side hustling that I eventually had to choose one. And, you know, obviously the choice was let's leave the nine to five behind and go full time with my business. And then, and then, yeah, we connected again because we kind of lost touch for a bit. And then yeah. I discovered Instagram for business, <laughs> this whole other world out there of online business owners. And yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I remember us connecting on there and I remember you messaging me. Like, Do you remember me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember me? I'm a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. And you're celebrating your one year full-time in business. You just celebrated it. Yeah, I mean, I, you're you're so good because you're always reminding me to celebrate stuff because I always forget to. But yeah, I side hustled for like ten years, and I don't know. It wasn't most people would hear that and think, "Oh, you were just afraid to leave your nine to five. But it was more that like I liked my job and I loved the people I worked with. I was never in a position where, oh, I have to get out of here. I hate it. So it was partly that, and then it was partly like not really knowing that that other world existed. But finally, like I said, I did get to a point where I, w- I had a lot of freelance clients and then I was doing my nine to five plus commuting two hours a day. Like it was just plus family life. Like it was just so much. And I thought, like, like I said, one of these things has to go. So it was, yeah, right. Be- ugh, December 2020. So yeah, 2021 was my first year full time in my own business, not working for somebody else. And Yay. yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it ugh. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I could say about it, but <laughs> yeah, it was all the things. Well, and I think that's such a, a great, you're such a great example of that. It doesn't have to be at the jump off the cliff and do it. And I think a lot of people, I know there's a lot of people out there that encourage that, like just go out and do it. And, but I think you don't have to, right? Like you can start like, okay, maybe I'll just work part-time and do my business or start as a side hustle on the weekends and then gradually get to the point. I know I did that myself when I had my nine to five job and then I was working every night and weekend giving massages. And then I got to the point where I booked that out and it's like, okay, you're on the ledge of like, okay, I have more clients and so I, I can't do both anymore and I can't expand the one without leaving the other. And I, that's what I did. I quit my nine to five, but I got a side job and then I grew my massage and wellness business and my coaching business. And then I eventually did the part-time, but I, I think that's such a great example that like you did the side hustle and then you slowly graduate, graduated into your full business. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like we have similar stories. Um, I mean, do I wish I had not taken 10 years? (laughs) I wish, I definitely wish, especially joining Instagram and seeing like all these amazing business owners in their twenties, like starting their own business. It didn't even cross my mind back then to do that. Like I was so ingrained in the, you know, you go to university, you get your nine to five. So I don't, I kind of wish I didn't take 10 years to do it, but yes, I'm all for um, taking your time and the timing being the right time, you know, because I look back had I started 10 years, had I quit my nine to five, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had the same experience working on the the brands and the clients that I had experience working on. Um, my son would have been that much younger. And he, you know, obviously demanded so much more time when he was a baby and a toddler than he does now. So like, there's all the reasons to show that now is the best time, even though I might feel like I'm a bit old entering the game. Um, yeah, the timing has worked out well. 
Yeah. And that's really important. Like it's, it is an evolution, right? I mean, we all have to get to the point where we have the aha moments and I think hindsight, like, oh, I wish I had the aha, aha moments. Like uh, me too, <laughs> yeah. right? I wish I wasn't in my forties now. Like I wish I was in my thirties and, you know, I had more time to, you know, put into it, but I wasn't, I was never in the mindset of that. And I think, yeah, it's an evolution. And then it, there is like, they call it divine timing, but I think it's when all the kind of pieces fit together and we become the person that's ready to be the person to have a business. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what the last year has been like, because first year in business, I, you know, I think when people start their business, they think, okay, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to get clients right away. And I'm going to know exactly how I want the business to be run. And this is, and once I decide it's going to be great and it's all going to work, but they like leave out the part that there's going to be a lot of pivoting and a lot of learning and a lot of aha moments and that it's okay to pivot and it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your, you know, what you're selling and um, what you're focusing on and who you're niching to. So what has that process been like? Yeah, I mean, I was, I feel so grateful because for most of last year, I was really busy and, but I'll explain how that was bad in some ways. Um, I feel so grateful because copywriting, I guess, yeah, not I guess, but it is one of those things that most businesses need, right? Like most businesses need a website. They need copy for their social media, their website, their launches. Like, um, I'm so grateful to have this skill that a lot of people need. So I was really lucky during the pandemic that I was still busy because, um, you know, for online business owners, it's a, it's a needed skill. So that was great. The thing that was maybe not so great on my end is that I was still, because I was just going out full-time on my own for the first time, like no paycheck anymore, that nine to five paycheck in the, those first few months, I think I said yes to more. I know I said yes to a lot more than I could handle. So, I mean, I know it sounds like a bad, a good problem to have. I mean, I had projects coming in, but especially in the beginning, like I was working more than I ever did at my nine to five. I was just like not setting the best boundaries. I was working all the time or when I wasn't working, I was thinking about my business. And I think it was also because I had done the freelance thing for so long and you know, by nature of the freelance thing, you're, you're working nights and weekends because you've got your nine to five during the day. So I was still kind of in that mode of, well, I'm just going to go on my computer for a couple hours at night and on the weekends. And, um, you know, like to the point where even my my husband and son kind of jokingly, but kind of not were like, you're always on your computer. And that like really hit me hard because my whole like family is such an important thing to me. And that's part, you know, that's why so many of us start our business because we want more time for the, the people in our lives. And I didn't want to especially be one of those moms that was always on her phone. Like that just like, oh, uh, I want to be present for my family. So yeah, in the beginning, I think it was probably a bit of scarcity mindset thinking, okay, I have to say yes, because I don't know what's going to happen in three months. Will I have clients? Like what if all my clients disappear? But then I realized, no, you have to lean into that abundance mindset. And like everything has shown me that the clients always come, like they really mm -hmm. do. And like I said, I feel so grateful for that, but the clients always come. So I just yeah. have to have faith that that's always going to be the case. And you know what, even if it's not, even if I have a slow month, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe my soul and my mind need that. So yeah. Yeah. Long story short, the beginning of the year and probably a good chunk of the year, I was probably working more than I should have. So this year, my goal is to, you know, still be successful, but not so hustly, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I remember when you were first, I think it was December of last year, you were talking about leaving. And I remember you saying, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, like, I'll work one month. And then what if nothing comes the next and then you know like and you knew ahead of time I remember you knowing ahead of time like that you had a little scarcity mindset like what if <laughs> I have a slow month or what if they don't come what if I do you know like I and you you already kind of prepped your mind not prepped your mindset but were aware of your mindset then before you even quit your job and jumped in oh yeah I vaguely remember that yeah I mean yeah I'm sure I thought that because like I said it's like I was so used to that paycheck every two weeks and then you know to dive in and then you know just be reliant on people booking you so 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's been, it's gone really well. And yeah, the niching is a whole other thing uh, because it's so funny. Um, my, I, you know, some people will say, you know, the female, um, female entrepreneur space, that's too big of a niche. You need to niche down more. But the funny thing is, and, and I'm totally for niching because I think it does um, position you as an expert. Um, like it makes you well-known for that one thing. But even if I tried a niche, like even if I say, oh, I really love writing for business coaches or mindset coaches, even if I try to niche, I still attract other people like the most random, I don't want to say random, but like, like one week I could write for a business coach the next week, like a lawyer or an interior designer. And it's just kind of interesting that even, even when, and if I try to niche, I still attract other female business owners because it's, it's more the problem that I solve that I niche on. It's like the people I serve, they all have the same problem, whether that's, they don't want to write their copy or they don't have time to write their copy, or they want to make sure that it converts. Like it's usually one of those three things. Yeah. So it's not so much the audience that I'm really honing in on. It's that problem that I'm solving for people. Yeah. I have my love hate relationship with the niche. I'm not (laughs) too fond of the niche for that reason. I really think the more people you get to know and that get to know you, the more attracted to you and your energy the way you write in this case, but also, you know, for me, it's the transformation they get. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that they get the transformation in their business. They they get the transformation in themselves. Um, And so I think you, that's a good testament to you in that you let your energy shine through. So people get to know you and get to know your work and how you approach it. And, and they like what, how you, how you write. Um, And so, you know, I mean, the more people we all get to know, the more chances there are people that we're meant to help and it doesn't have to be in a niche. Niching, I think is like marketing, (laughs) right? Like that's how you market something, but it's kind of like Disney. Disney has kid movies, but adults watch them too, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You still attract people along the edges kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I find like, I think if I were to ever receive an inquiry from somebody where I was like, oh, this is really technical, or I don't feel like this is my expertise, or it doesn't light me up inside. I mean, I can always say no to that if I want to. It's, you know, that's where I can um, pick and choose. But um, for now, like, I really do love learning about all these different businesses and the people behind them. So yeah, it's, it's nice. That's fun. (laughs) It's fun. So what were some of the biggest shifts you've had throughout the year? Um, Because it is an evolution and you've learned so much about yourself this past year. What has that been like? What, where has your mindset shifted? Where has your belief system shifted? What did you learn about yourself that you had no idea you were capable of? Yeah. I mean, I have like, mindset is always a work in progress for me, (laughs) as you know. I mean, yeah, I guess it is for everybody. Um, yeah, I definitely had some limiting beliefs. One that is kind of, I guess, funny, I don't know, interesting is that even though I had 20 years experience in copywriting, writing at agencies and for these big brands, when I entered the online space um, and I, you know, I started writing for coaches or seeing coaches online, that kind of thing. At first I put coaches, business coaches and mindset coaches on this pedestal, which I, I still do. I think they're amazing in all the right ways, but Uh, on a pedestal in the sense that I thought, Ooh, like, I don't know if I could write for them. You know, they're just, they're so high up there. I I think it's especially the coaches that were really talking about all the money they, they make or the money they make for other people. Like it just felt like, Ooh, these people are out of my league. I don't know if they would hire me. And yet I have all this experience. So I, I don't know why I thought that. And then I've since realized, okay, they might be an expert at what they do, but maybe copywriting isn't their expertise. So of course they're going to hire somebody like me or another copywriter because that's not their thing. So I have to, I had to reshape how I thought of, you know, of course still admire these people, but not to the point where I would be afraid to sell my services to them or feel inferior to them. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a strange one. I don't know. I think it's part of it is Instagram. You know, I'm on Instagram and I love Instagram, but I think, yeah, so, sometimes that comes across over Instagram. So that was one of the things, um, just kind of, I guess, owning my expertise mm-hmm. and, you know, just because 
it comes easy to me at times or, you know, many times, like just because it comes easy to me doesn't mean it comes easy to somebody else. So, you know, maybe I might've been afraid or intimidated to write for a doctor or a lawyer or a high-end coach before thinking, oh, wow, but look at their title. Um, But they might not know anything about copywriting and how to sell their services and products in an authentic way. So that's where I come in. Yeah. You fit that, that missing piece that they don't, that that's your gift. They might not have that gift and you're the missing piece for them. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that was like a limiting belief I had to, to fix. And um, yeah, another one is kind of the age thing, right? Because <laughs> I won't say my age, I'm over 40. And yeah, just coming on Instagram, especially where it's like everybody's so, not everybody, but a lot of people are young and then thinking, oh, like I just feel like almost like my age was a hindrance when, again, when you flip that story, my age is not a hindrance. It's actually an asset because I've had all this experience and, you know, it's helped me with my business now. So again, just reframing things basically. Yeah. Yeah. Age was a big one for me, but not necessarily like, oh, my tool to do this. It was more seeing all these coaches, mindset coaches and confidence coaches and business coaches who were a lot younger. And for me, it was, uh, why did it take me so long? Like, why did they figure this out so much faster? Why are they more confident than I am? Like, that was like, oh man, I'm 40 something years old and I'm just figuring this out. And they're like celebrating their 30th birthday. And <laughs> But I think it's just more, um, it's kind of like, um, you know, like how when we were younger, this makes me sound so old too, but like, you know, we put like baby oil on our skin because we wanted to tan better, you know, but now it's like everyone knows, okay, you don't do that. Well, I would hope most people know that, you know, so people are just so much better when they're younger about taking care of their skin. Whereas I was like, oh, I want to get a good tan. Like, let's get as dark as I can. Like, just that's so true. Yeah. Just the I awareness mean, level. We didn't grow up with social media. I didn't have my first computer until college, like my freshman year of college. Uh, I didn't have an email address to my freshman year of college. Like, you know, so it is, it's, so we didn't have social media. You know, if you had a business back when I was younger, you used the yellow page. <laughs> I can totally relate. I didn't grow up with the phone selfie thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just totally different. So I think yeah. it's just more like, um, they just are more aware of their options than yeah. we were. Like, of course we knew about entrepreneurship, but it was, um, yeah, it was just not something we really thought about. When it wasn't really entrepreneurship, it was a business, right? Like when I look back at my dad's business, it was just his business. It wasn't this, it wasn't really a part of the life journey kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like about growth as a person, whereas businesses become not just business as an extension of you, where I feel like in my dad's age, where he has a business, it wasn't necessarily an extension of him. It was his business. Like there was like a separation where now the industry is all about the personal growth and the mindset. And I, I don't think we had those tools. We had self-help books back then. Like the old school self-help books. Yeah. (laughs) Back then, I mean, I'm not that old, but still, I know we're making it sound like we're ancient. We're not ancient. Let me get my cane. (laughs) But I think there is something about our evolution was so different because it was a totally different time. Like I think technology has advanced us as so much, not just in terms of business, but as people, because we have so much more access to information and to learn from people, whereas without the digital age, or even in the earlier digital age, there wasn't that access to learn from, you were still learning from library books, right? As opposed to being able to connect with people every, you know, everywhere you go, every every time you pick up your phone, you're connecting via email or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, right? And you're absorbing so much information. So you're growing faster where we didn't have that. And I think that's where I get like, I look at people and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like 30, four and making 25 million dollars right like (laughs) and she knows all this stuff and she's grown so much and I haven't but I that wasn't available to me when I was her age yeah that had to be my growth of dealing with my age is like oh that's such a I didn't have that capability then yeah Absolutely. But as you always remind me and others, it's like you have to look back on your journey and think of 
all the things that have um, helped you get where you are today and all the experience that you've had that now make you so much better as a business owner today. Yes, I know. Even things that are not related. So um, it is so true. Yes. <laughs> Everything's a growth opportunity. It's not something I, <laughs> I have a hard, take my, hard time taking my own advice, but yes, it, everything is, is definitely a stepping, I, I see it as a stepping stone. Everything's a stepping stone to the next, the next level you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Lots of, I'm trying to think what other mindset blocks I had. Um, oh, the introvert one. Yes. The introvert one is a big one because yeah, I mean, I've like, yeah, now that I've seen so many coaches like yourself really um, celebrate introversion. I mean, I love it, but I kind of grew up thinking like I, I was not like ever socially awkward or anything, but I kind of grew up thinking, oh, I'm too quiet. And I wonder if I, um, make an impression or not. Maybe I'm too quiet. Maybe I'm forgettable. Like I just had these thoughts, like I just needed to be louder. And that was reinforced in the nine to five space too, because I remember having bosses say to me, like, you have such great ideas. You just need to be louder because people don't know you have these ideas. And it was always like, especially in big meetings with lots of people, you need to speak up more. You need to speak up more, which I hated. Like I'm fine one-to-one in small groups, but in these massive boardroom settings, it was just like, Oh, I hated it. Yeah. And so I always kind of felt like my quietness was, um, what's the opposite of a gift? <laughs> a setback. A setback, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah. Like it was a curse or, you know, something I should be ashamed of. And, and then when I entered the online business space, um, you know, I slowly started celebrating it more and realizing that, you know, I can still sell as an introvert. Cause that was the other thing I was thinking, well, I can't, sell my services if I'm not loud and you know really out there um but sometimes yeah I've realized that no the opposite is true like I can absolutely sell my services and and sometimes people appreciate a more authentic um less abrasive way of selling too right yeah yeah for sure and there's so many ways you can show up and express yourself but not be like here I am look at me (laughs) (laughs) it's all about me look at me I'm gonna be loud I'm gonna be pushy like there's so many ways to use Instagram to use Pinterest to I think you do a really good job of meeting people in groups and getting to know people in groups and getting to know people one-on-one in the Instagram world as opposed to seeing it as such like a massive platform and that in, in all honesty that's that's really the way it works, right? It's really, you're only ever having, you're only building a relationship with one person at a time. You're not actually building a relationship with 4 billion people on Instagram. It's only ever one person behind the screen. And and so it's so funny because people, introverts are, you know, I'm an introvert too. It took me a long time to be like, even do a selfie of myself. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this feels so weird. Um, I don't want to put myself out there. But when you think about it, like it's only ever one person on the other end and you're really just letting them know a little piece of you. And that piece could be, Hey, this is how I help you. Um, it doesn't have to be showy and you can find the best way that feels good for you. Yeah, for sure. And I even think of, you know, the people that I've either hired or have hired me, it's, you know, you've talked about this before. It typically starts out as a friendship. So Mm -hmm. DMs, but not cold DMs as in selling or pitching to each other, but just genuine like, oh, hey, I like the picture that you posted or, you know, like meeting on a common ground. Yeah. And yeah, that's when I look back, like those are the people who I've hired or have hired me the most versus, you know, just answering a cold pitch and a DM. Like I, I hate those. I know. I don't don't do those and I don't even know how to respond to those. I mean, usually when I get those, I still, I still respond and I try to be nice, but I would never send those. Oh, no, I get, I get so many of them and sometimes I just block them or just ignore them because I, I can't respond to every single one and they're awkward. They're kind of like, you know what they're looking for. Cause they'd be like, how's your day going? And I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, but I, the people I connect with the best are usually like, they'll, have a Instagram story about a book they read. I'm like, oh my God, I read that book too. Or I have that mug too. Or, you know, simple things like you and I talk about chai lattes all the time and books. Like <laughs> that's how I connect to people because that's human to human relations. Like I, and I think it's hard because 
when you're a business and you're on Instagram, the assumption is you want to sell something, but a lot of times I just want to meet people. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to actually meet people. Like I like, I, there are people I'll probably never hire that I connect with on Instagram, but I just love to connect with on Instagram and it doesn't have anything to do with business. Yeah. To build that community and just have that support and friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like those examples you mentioned earlier of connecting with people, those are all non-business things when you're talking about books and lattes and, you know, just random stuff or your mug collection, like, yeah, you know, like it's just random stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. It can't be, I think most, most of the people listening on this podcast are, you know, heart-centered entrepreneurs, right? This is, they're not building corporate, you know, Apple, Microsoft companies, right? They're, it's their heart and soul dream. It's their dream. And so it's really, even if they hire staff or, you know, they create a consultancy or an agency, or, you know, they have a business of 14 with 14 yoga instructors. What do you know what I mean? it's still their business. It's still their heart and soul dream. And so it's still a human, human connection and, yeah. it, you know, it's still part of who they are. And so I feel like that's the cool thing about social media now is that you, even your email list, like you get, it's human to human. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And email's great for that too. I love email because then it is like a conversation one-to-one. Yes. So even though you're sending it out to the masses or how many people who are on your list, it's still very conversational. You don't have to write in a marketing way. So yeah, that was such a big thing for me when I started my business because I was so used to hearing from corporate companies and email and all of a sudden I'm like, I I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to sound that boring. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then there would be a disconnect, right? If people, if you send out an email that was super formal and rigid and corporate and then you know they speak to you on a zoom like this and they'll be like oh she's a lot more fun than her email <laughs> than a so, really rigid yeah. boring emails yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah and I love email because I love to put gifs in my email I love gifs I love just I feel like they're they're basically memes but in motion <laughs> yeah yeah no I love them. yours <laughs> trigger some emotion um so Looking back at yourself over the past year, how have you changed? How have you evolved from Nicole, December 2020 to Nicole, March 2022? Yeah, um, I'll tell you how I'm trying to change more. I'm trying to step more into that CEO role versus, you know, like I said, I still sometimes catch myself being in that freelancer mode where I'm doing any and everything. Um, and so I'm just trying to like step more into CEO role, like actually spend more time planning for my business instead of just being totally ingrained in client work. So intentional time where, you know, like I said, this is a work in progress where, you know, I set aside time to do some big picture planning and what, where do I might want my business to grow? Um, you know, just do more thinking around that. Um, again, having more boundaries around nights and weekends working, like I love working on my business. So on the weekend, if I want to do um, work for my own sake, like say I want to update my own website copy or um, go through a course or something like that, like I want the freedom to do that. I think that's fine, but I just don't want to be strapped to client work on the weekends or nighttime. So that's, you know, setting those boundaries. Um, Just trying to think, yeah, just, it's just really stepping into that CEO role more. Yeah, being able to hire help and stuff like that. Yes, which actually I just, I just did. I, a couple of months ago, um, there's a designer who helped me um, with the graphics for my digital product. One of the digital products I released last year, Elevate Your Email Copy. So she helped me with the graphics and that was just kind of like a one-time thing. And then she had put it out there in December or something like, oh, hey, are you interested in, um, hiring out retainer for like VA type stuff, you know, graphics, scheduling and all that stuff. And at the time I thought, um, you know, I'll keep you in mind, but no thanks right now. I'm good. And then earlier this year, I thought, you know what, I would love to just be able to write my content and then give it to somebody like have them do the graphics, even though I like doing that, have them do the graphics, the scheduling for my emails, social media, um, so yeah, so then I contacted her. And so we're, we're just starting out with like 10 hours a month, which I didn't even use last month because like, I'm still getting a, a handle of how much time I need to outsource. Um, 
but yeah, so that has been a lesson in that um, just stepping away from it because mm-hmm. for social media in particular for Instagram, you know, I just do my graphics in Canva and everything. And people would always say, oh, your feet is so nice. Like it looks so pretty. And I would feel so proud because I'm not a designer. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like I, you know, I like doing it. But then I thought, you know what? I could be using this time writing for clients or for my own business. I thought you need to let that go. Like you need to let that pride go. So yeah. So yeah, now I have somebody who's just started doing the graphics for my Instagram too. So I still write everything, but then she'll do the graphics and, you know, I'll write my newsletters and then she'll, she'll schedule them and stuff like that. But so it's little things like that where I'm trying to step away and realize, yeah, you can't do everything in your yeah. business. You need to get some help. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that you're, you're stepping into your CEO role. <laughs> yes, I know I am. <laughs> it's a hard thing. That's one of the hard things about business too, because you step in not having the resources. You're like, I got to do it all myself. And it becomes like a freelancer mode, right? Like you're doing the work. I got to hustle to sell, to get the work, to do the things, but then you hit a limit on how much you can grow because you only have so much time to schedule the stuff and create the stuff and work with the clients and set it up. And, you know, and eventually you have to say who, who is that person I want to be? What do I want this business to do? And what are the steps I need to take to get there? And so, and I, you know, I think it's a great tale, not tale, but like, you know, the first year was a learning experience. And I think everybody wants their ducks in a row right away. And you really never have your ducks in a row because you have no idea what you're doing the first year. Just like, (laughs) go out and do it. It's going to be messy. It's just going to be what it is. And then eventually you'll be like, okay, this isn't working. (laughs) I can't work this many hours. This isn't working. What what do I really want this to be? And what do I need to do to to get there? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I will say I've always been a fan of outsourcing for, you know, specific things that I'm not talented at. So I've definitely outsourced in the past. Like I've hired um, designers and branders and tech integrators. That's a big thing. Like when I was creating my digital product, having somebody integrate, um, you know, the member vault to the flow desk, to the strike, like all that stuff. I was like, please do this for me. I cannot do it. So I've always been, you know, a huge proponent of outsourcing when it's not your zone of genius. So I've always done that, but those were always one-off projects. Yeah. Whereas this hiring somebody more retainer is like, Oh, it's kind of like my first like hire really mm-hmm. um, it's getting consistent help because acknowledging that on a monthly basis, I can't do everything that I was doing before. Yeah. Your first team member. Yes. And she's amazing. So yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, so what are the things that you had to release from your, from your life, from your beliefs in order for you to fully step into your role? Um, geez, let me think about that one. Yeah. I mean, just some of the things we've talked about before. Um, yeah, just, I'm not sure about releasing, but just really, I guess, valuing the service I provide. I mean, I've always valued it, but you know, when it comes, okay, no, I have just thought of one. (laughs) Scratch that answer. The biggest thing that I need to release and still am working on is getting out of people's wallets. So Mm. yes, scratch my previous answer. This is the one that sometimes, you know, most times if say I'm on discovery calls, I confidently say my prices because I am confident in them and I'm confident in the service I provide. But there are times when um, like I'll think, well, I know this person is also hiring a web designer and they're, they're also hiring a coach and they're also hiring this person. So uh, I don't know if they can also afford me. And it's like, I just need to get out of their wallet. Like, I don't know what's happening in the world. And, you know, I have to stop making those assumptions, whether they can afford me or not. Yep. And in some, in some cases they can't, in some cases they can, but I have to stop making those judgments before I've even sold my services. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this was, you and I talked, this is a huge one for me too. It's the, could I have like getting in their heads, like, well, if I was hiring all those people, could I also afford a copywriter? Or I did this with my massage clients. I remember I had one. And I don't know why I had raised my prices and I felt guilty. And I'm like, oh, can they really afford to come more than once a month? Like 
in my head. And then he's talking about all of his trips. He was taking vacations he was taking and his job promotion. And I'm like, and I'm worried about like the 150 bucks. (laughs) But it, it is hard, right? It's hard to like disconnect. Like you don't really know. You have to like let them make their own decisions and let them decide what's in their wallet as opposed, because you don't want to put that energy out there of, well, I know you can't afford it, right? Like you don't want that out there. You want, you want them to be like, yeah, here's the money. Thanks. Can't wait to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally respect that there are, there will always be people in different stages of business. So some people genuinely won't be able to afford to work with us because maybe they're new or for whatever reason. And that's okay because I've certainly been in that spot before where like I'll have five different people I want to work with. I can't afford to pay five people at the same time. Like I just have to pick and choose depending on where I am in my business. So, you know, some people will say, well, if they say they can't afford you, they're lying, they can. And I'm like, no, there are genuinely times when people can't afford to work with you and that's okay. Yeah. Um, But then it also goes the other way where um, maybe people can't afford to work with you yet, but they will aspire to work with you. So there's nothing wrong with you, you know, telling your prices. um, And then if they really want to, they'll make an effort or they'll save up if they genuinely want to work with you and see your values. So yeah. 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 I guess the point is to not, yeah, to not prejudge who can work with you and who can't because you know, that, you know, that's out of your hands. You just have to do what you do, sell what you sell, and then see who comes to the table. Exactly. Exactly. But I get it. I've been there. (laughs) I mean, it's hard because we're, you know, we care about people that we're serving and, you know, we want, we want to make their life easier and better. And, you know, I certainly don't, I definitely don't want somebody to sign up to work with me if it's a, if they're going to feel like anxiety Mm -hmm. about the purchase or, you know, yeah. Yeah, like it has to feel good for both parties. Well, and I think part of it goes to the old bro marketing of like scaring people to buy that we've all been (laughs) funneled into at some point. And we don't want to come across that way. We don't want people to feel like they have to, you know, like I'm scaring you into buying this thing and then you're coughing over money and you're not happy. I mean, we've all been, we've all been guilty of like falling into the trap of that marketing but I think there's like that subconscious level of like, we don't want to be that, right? We want to make sure they're making the decision that's best for them. And mm-hmm. for me, that's like an underlying thing that sticks in my head. Like, I don't want them to be resentful and because I've been resentful in the past. I don't want them to feel like they have to invest right now or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to pressure them or, you know, be pushy or obnoxious, but I mean, just your very nature. I don't think that would ever happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I mean, speaking to that though, a lot of my clients, that's a big thing that they'll say to me is they want sales copy that doesn't sound salesy or obnoxious or pushy. And so, um, you know, it's hard to believe that people still write that way, but I guess some people do, but, yeah. um, yeah, my whole goal when I write for people is to write in a way that makes the readers feel really good and excited about the purchase. And, you know, you're solving a pain point for them and you're helping them, you're serving them. So it's yeah. never from a place of like, buy this now or else your life will suck. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. So. And your copy is nothing like that. Your copy is easy and fun and oh, captivating and draws you in. And it really does take, the person reading it on the journey it's a, it, it you can tell they're sitting there going oh my gosh she, it's like she's in my head she knows me she knows this is yes this is what I'm feeling yes she gets me oh my gosh yes I okay this is gonna help me I know it I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in it like that's the flow that you give and the energy you put out in your copywriting oh thank you thank you that's the goal I mean that's why I love especially I love writing for other business owners because I can relate to so many things like Um, yeah, like if I'm writing for, who was I writing for recently? Um, she does like click up and the Sato setups for people, like basically helping to people get organized and streamlined in their business. And it's like, I can so relate to this because when you don't have automations in your business and you're doing every little thing manually, like it's, it's draining and you just, you know, you have a panic attack if one more thing gets added to your to-do list. So <laughs> so I love writing for people where I can, I've been in their shoes basically, and I can, I can empathize. So yeah. Yeah. You do it well. 
Thank you. <laughs> so what are a few tips you would have for female entrepreneurs just starting out or have been in business for a few years? Any quick la- tidbits you would give them? Oh, geez. I mean, I would probably go, I would probably say to just like watch the comparisonitis. Like it's just, you know, to, to look to others in your industry, of course, and, you know, build those networks. But sometimes you don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole of looking what, uh, at what other people are doing um, in the same industry, because then you start thinking, oh, like you said, you know, how come this person is so much more ahead of me, or they're making so much more money than me? Um, yeah, so I'm all for supporting other people in your industries. Like I, I follow lots of copywriters, and I'm friends with lots of copywriters, but it's a slippery slope, right? You don't want to go um, too far into to that world where you're comparing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, you know, really, I guess in your, in your marketing, in your copy, um, just being yourself and mm-hmm. just, you know, just, I mean, that's all you can do, right? Because if you're trying to be somebody or not, then it's going to be exhausting, especially if you're an introvert. Yeah. And nobody's, nobody's going to relate to you if you're not being yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yay. This was such a good conversation. Yeah, it was. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, no problem. No problem. Um, So where can people find, first, I want to say you came out with something in last, last, the end of last year that I love. Um, I actually printed out all your email template, the whole packet, (laughs) and it's sitting on my dining room. And that is April, April's April's moment is going to be my revamping my email sequence, <laughs> not my email sequences, but how I use my email. Um, but you came out with that. You came out with a sales copy template. They're amazing. Like everything you've come out with is amazing because as you said, like not everybody has all the gifts, right? Not everybody is gifted in copywriting and setting up systems and coaching and all that stuff, right? So I just want to say your email template uh, kit, I guess is phenomenal. Um, thank you. So glad you came out with that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean that one. So last year I came up with those two digital products at the end of the year, because I was starting to realize, yeah, it's when you're, when you're just booking one-to-one, like you're very strapped to your calendar. Right. So I wanted to create a couple digital products. Plus, like you said, it helps people who maybe can't afford a copywriter, but it also, you know, it gives them the tools to do it on their own, but with some guidance. So the first one is elevate your email copy Um, because I just, you know, I was in other Facebook groups and people were saying like, I don't even know where to start with email. Like I've got people on my list and I'm ghosting them because I don't know what to say. So that kit has the welcome sequence, the 52 weeks of email topics and subject lines and, you know, a couple other things. Um, And it also talks about how to sell an email in an authentic way. And then the other one um, is the sales page template and launch email template. So it's, you know, in a Google doc plug and play. So, yeah. So if you don't have enough, um, you know, enough money for a copywriter to write your sales page, it's a good place to start. Yeah. And the email one is like, you give it away. Like <laughs> You're basically <laughs> prompting the story to tell the subject yeah. line, the call to action. And, you know, when you're so busy and you're spinning your wheels on like, what do I have to say? What do I say? How do I show up? I, I want to nurture the email, but then it's daunting because I can't think of what to say. Like, this is like, pick a prompt, close your eyes, pick a prompt. <laughs> yeah. It. And I think, I think people worry. I mean, it's funny because me too, even as a writer, I'm like, hmm, what should I write about? And so I think everybody goes through that. And then some people also question, well, is it interesting enough or will people care? Like, again, it's like, they're too hard on themselves really, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Gets to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I would hope the people on your list too. I mean, if they're in your world, I think they're a lot more forgiving than you think they are too. And they're just happy to hear from you. So yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So where can everybody find you and follow you? Um, yeah, I mean, my website is my first and last name, NicoleKepik.com. And then on Instagram, it's at NK copywriting. Okay. I'm also on Facebook, but not really. <laughs> like I just have my, you know, I have my, my original uh, Facebook page, you know, it's mostly just family pictures that I occasionally post on. So I need to figure out what to do to that. I feel 
and now you're on Pinterest too. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I'm, I have just started. I'm in the process of, you know, like sending out my first pins and stuff. And it it looks like a giant beast of a project, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. And I have that new support person to help me. So yes. And I love Pinterest. I'm actually going back to using more Pinterest now. Yeah. I like the the traffic I get from Pinterest. Oh, perfect. Um, Yeah. yeah. Less pressure on social media too, right? Yeah, there's always traffic being driven, even if I don't show up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being here with us today, uh, for sharing the evolution and the the realities behind business. <laughs> <laughs> All the wonderful messiness of it, right? Exactly. It's messy, <laughs> but it's also beautiful because you always seem you're always moving forward. You're always learning and growing and becoming like. A year and a half ago, you probably didn't even think of yourself as a CEO. And now you're like, oh, wait, I'm stepping into that CEO role now. I'm going to yes, become her. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me too. I loved it. I love chatting with you as thank always. You. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we'll have you on again to talk about copywriting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you for joining and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Hi there. If you're ready to be the woman that has all she desires, if you want to become untethered to the fears and limiting beliefs holding you back from taking action and showing up in your business, if you find yourself caught in a spiral of negative thoughts taking up valuable time and energy, thoughts such as, I'm not good enough, my family won't approve, what if no one buys, I'm not worthy enough, what if I raise my prices and no one no one joins my programs, I don't know enough. What if I fail? Maybe success isn't meant for me or any other limiting belief or fear, then Breakthrough is perfect for you. Breakthrough is a two-week one-on-one coaching experience with me where we dive into identifying and working through all that is keeping you from your next level breakthrough in your business. This is where we rewire your thoughts so you embody the beliefs, the thoughts, and the actions that'll bring you to your next level success and dream. Breakthrough includes one 90-minute call with me, plus two weeks of Voxer app coaching where you have access to me each day during the two weeks for coaching and support. So if you're ready for your next level breakthrough, click the link in the podcast description and let's get started.